Welcome to the NBA Front Office Show, bringing you inside rumors and transactions around the league with your hosts, Keith Smith and Trevor Lane. Brought to you by LakersNation.com and CLNS Media. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here from LakersNation.com. Joined, as always, by Keith Smith of Real GM, Yahoo, all over the place, Celtics blog, everywhere, salary cap expert. Uh, today, trade season's come a little bit early. We had the big James Harden trade last week. Today, we're going to talk about some other possible trades that could go down in the NBA. What's the next big move that's going to happen? Plus, we've got some transaction news to go over. But first, quick shout out to our sponsor, and that is Theragun. The stress of daily life weighs on us all, whether you're an elite athlete or just a regular person trying to get through the day, muscle pain and muscle tension is a real thing. I know I'm trying to get myself back into shape and I can feel it. My Theragun is how I get through. It's the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combination of depth, speed, and power. And now it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Theragun has been super helpful for me, and I recommend it to all of you. And you can try it for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need. Starting at only $199, go to theragun.com slash office right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash office, theragun.com slash office. All right, so welcome in. Keith, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Yeah, you said trade season hasn't even really officially opened. It it doesn't actually open for about another two weeks. Uh, um, February 6th is when all the guys who signed this offseason can be moved. And in that, that's usually when trade season opens. That's the equivalent of December 15th in in a normal NBA calendar. But yeah, we saw the Harden deal, another trade last night. Uh, you know, agreed to Kevin Porter Jr. I know we're going to talk about that in just a minute here, but yeah, we're, we've got all sorts of so, sorts of stuff going on, and I've got some thoughts when we get into why. You know, I, as much as this pains me to say, we may not see a very active trade season. Oh, I, I, I think, don't say I, that. I, yeah, I know, <laughs> killer, right? Mister Wet Blanket over here, but, but yeah, well, we can talk about why. But you want to get into the recent transactions? first yeah, and then let's we'll, do, we'll talk let's do recent transactions we'll get into that and you know what let me let me say this keith at least at least we've got some new marvel stuff going on right we've got <laughs> we've is. got one division happening so we've at least got that to occupy us just in case it's not a busy trade season but you're right there's already some moves <laughs> happening around the nba you mentioned the kevin porter jr thing uh that was what a, a protected second round pick from the houston rockets yeah. to the Cavs in exchange for kevin porter jr who had some issues uh, in the locker room, was not pleased that his locker was given away. Some words were said, things were thrown. Uh, not a great situation, but now he is a, a Houston Rocket. <laughs> what is it about Cleveland and throwing food right. in the locker room? What was it that J.R. Smith threw? What? Was it uh, a bowl of a soup? A bowl of soup. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, both threw a bowl of soup at Ty, Ty Lu, I think it was, oh, man. Um, if I remember correctly. Or maybe it was David Blatt or somebody who was a coach. I remember he Don't threw a bowl throw of soup, soup at so. your coach. Come on. Yeah, that's it. And maybe they need better food so they're not throwing it around the locker room. Maybe that's the, the issue there. Uh, yeah, you know, Kevin Porter Jr., so here's what's going on with him. In the offseason for the Cavs, remember, they were not one of the teams that was part of the restart. So they had the long offseason. They, they were, you know, mid-March to uh, all the way up until teams kind of reconvened uh, in late November, early December. So, uh, so for him... Um, but what what we saw was he got into a little bit of trouble off the court. Uh, a lot of those chargers were were uh, d- dismissed or wiped away or whatever term you want to use there. Um, so, but the Cavs basically said, "All right, we got to get you back on track." And he had some problems at USC too, which that's what caused him to fall to the end of the first round. And if you remember, Cleveland bought that pick from Detroit, just bought it for cash, which is not something you see usually happen to draft Porter. They also, as a condition of buying that pick and agreeing to draft Porter, they got him to agree to take less than the 120% amount of the rookie scale for the first round pick. He only took 80% in the first year. Which, which is, so I mean, we need to specify, that's, that's incredibly rare. 
for, for right. that to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But once every four or five yes, years, right. so somebody does that. It's usually in a situation where like the team is really capped out and they're going after a guy that they, you know, he's borderline of being a first round pick and he'll do that. But yeah, Porter's talent never been in question. If he if he didn't have any of this stuff that went on at USC, he's probably a late lottery pick um, from from all you know estimations. So then his rookie year, he kind of kept his head on straight. He had a good rookie year. He battled some injuries, you know, but that's not a you know, you're not going to fault him for that. Uh, was looking like he fit in pretty well with Darius Garland and Colin Sexton. That was a Cleveland team that they're playing as well as they are right now. It, it's a surprise, certainly. But there were seeds of this after that, that last year after, let's say, middle of January. Um, they, they started to play really you know, better and Sexton and Garland were really figuring things out. So, you know, overall, I'm sorry, I'm seeing the uh, t- Twitter notifications going off. Just making sure we don't have anything <laughs> no, else. No more Woj bombs it's just, coming in, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's just Dray- Draymond Green's getting a technical foul taken away. Oh, I assume so, that was going to get uh, taken away. Did you see that? By the way, I know, totally off topic. Yeah. But he got a tech for yelling at his own player. <laughs> Come on, NBA. No, you, you got to be cautious with the very loud F-bombs in the empty arenas. Oh, <laughs> I they, they're, they're the empty arena. They're clear. But, yeah, it's, yeah, if you're yelling at your own teammate, it's, you know, it's, it's hard, hard to get technicals. That's like what Billy Crystal did, right, in, uh, in that movie, Forget Paris, when, when he started throwing everybody out. But um, anyway, they um, so back to Kevin Porter Jr. had a good rookie season, was playing pretty well, and then you know in the off season he had these troubles. So the Cavs basically said, "Hey, we're going to hold you out. We're going to work with you. We're going to get you back." Then he wasn't didn't seem too happy. Seemed like he wanted to get back on the court when they traded for Jared Allen and Torian Prince. They moved his locker. That sparked this latest blow up, and then it became very clear. Cleveland made it known, "Hey, we're going to look to trade this guy, and if we can't trade him, then what we're going to do is we're probably just going to waive him." And that is extremely rare yeah. for a rookie scale player to be waived in year two, unless there's a you know extreme injury case or something like that. So, so the pick they're getting from Houston. It's a top 55 pick. They're protected pick. They're never oh, going to get it. Most likely. Yeah, it's nothing. It's it's as uh, Eric Pincus, I know, well known to Lakers mm-hmm. fans and anybody who loves the salary cap, coined it a few years back as a nothing something because you have to send something in a trade. And I love that term. And that's exactly what it is. And, you know, so now he goes to Houston. Houston's acquiring him using one of their trade exceptions that they had. That's how they're bringing him in. They waived Chris Clement or will waive Chris Clemens. Um, Clemens, if you remember, he's you know, one of their the little guard. He's about five foot nine or so. Tours ACL this year, so he will get his full salary. That full amount will go on the Rockets' books uh, for this year, about one point five million. But because in the um, Harden trade, they were able to get themselves under the cap. I'm just pulling it up right now, or under the tax rather. They can acquire Porter, and they're they're still three point six million under the tax, even after acquiring Porter. So that's why they're willing to do this. They're, they're taking a flyer on the kid, um, see if they can get him right there. And it's already come out. They're going to have him work with John Lucas. And John Lucas is a rep is of somebody who he works with trouble players. This is what he does. He gets guys back on track. So if they can get him where he needs to be. Houston got a player for nothing. Right. Now that's a good player and, and should fit in well. He's on a rookie scale deal for, you know, a few more years. So that's big. And then for the Cavs side, totally understand why they're having too good of a season. Too many good things are happening there to have a, you know, bad, you know, voice in the locker room, just move on, cut your losses and go. And yeah, it's a, it's a first round pick, but you know, they drafted three first rounders that year. If one of them doesn't work out, that's not the end of the world. So for the Cavs though, why, why go this route is just, I mean, they pick up a trade exception here. Is that the is that the the motivation or like why not just wave him? Why help out the Rockets by doing this by doing a deal if they're really not getting anything? Yeah, no, that's a good question. Two reasons. Yeah, they get a small trade exception of about one point seven million. You know, maybe they could use that for something. But the other piece is it builds equity, right? They they just did a trade with the Rockets. They were part of the Harden trade there. So you know, well, why you know it's clear uh, Kobe Altman and Rafael Stone have a pretty good relationship, or at least are building a good relationship together. So so you do these kind of things to work together. And then if you wave them, you have to eat that money as dead money on your books. Now they move off them. They open up a roster spot. They stay that much further under the luxury tax. If they want to fill that later, and if if they keep playing as well as they are. 
that's flexibility you'd rather have than 1.7 million in dead money on your books. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? Yeah. I, I think last thing on this is I think it's interesting and it, it goes goes to show how bad the situation really was with the Cavs uh, because typically you don't see teams do this. Typically teams try to spin things. That's why you heard, you know, from the Houston Rockets camp, like, oh, you know, they're not, not in any rush to trade James Harden, right? They're, uh, they're, they're okay with keeping him for the entire year. We were hearing these things coming out of, out of Houston because you don't want to destroy your own bargaining uh, leverage. You don't want to do that. Yep. But obviously things were not good here. People around the NBA already knew it. So the Cavs just said, okay, forget it. We're, uh, we're pulling back the curtain and just saying, yeah, we got to get rid of this guy. Yep. Yeah. And sometimes that's the best thing to do just to own it and say, you know, here it is. It probably quite honestly allowed things to move that much quicker. And also by owning it, your fans aren't screaming and yelling. All you got was a protected pick that we're never going to get. The fans get it now. Right. And the fans are happy in Cleveland because, you know, they, they've got more one of the one of the more fun young teams that's playing really, really well. You know, I, I did their uh, double overtime. Colin Sexton goes bananas win over the Nets. The other that was, a, that was yeah, amazing. I mean, I mean, he took know? down somebody tweeted it out. Uh, that Colin Sexton destroyed whatever the combined salary what, it was $140 million in salary yeah. or something, something like that. Yeah. Colin Sexton single-handedly <laughs> destroyed 150, $140 million Nets roster. That was, that was one of the more impressive, just single performance displays that, that we've seen certainly this season. That was, that was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. What do you have? 20 straight yeah. points. I think it was and late fourth in the overtime. So yeah. Um, other transaction news as we go, uh, little center roulette happening, uh, in the NBA, Washington waved Anzes Parsechniks. Um, he was on a, a partially guaranteed deal. Yes. I said the I name correctly. Nice pronunciation I am there. myself. Yeah. Well done, huh? Um, that, that's a lot of looking at that pronunciation guide. It might listen to a couple YouTube, uh, uh, people overseas. Um, but yeah, he, he's an interesting story because he was, if you remember, he was a first round pick by Philadelphia, uh, several years ago. And then he was, um, he was renounced. They renounced his rights, which rarely happens for a first round pick. Um, they just let him go. Then he signed um, in Washington, ultimately on a non-guaranteed deal, uh, was with them through the end of last season, the beginning part of this year. But they needed real center depth because they're, they're down to Robin Lopez. And that's about it. And we, we don't know when they're actually going to play. Again, their 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 game right. uh, for tonight. We're recording this on Friday. Was postponed um, after the players pushed back and said, "Hey, we've been off for almost two. You know, we're we're not ready to go into a game with only eight guys." So what they did was they signed Alex Len or will sign Alex Len, who was waived by the Toronto Raptors. Uh, Len had, was uh, brought in uh, along with Aaron Baines. That was the two man combo to replace Marcus Hall and Serge Ibaka. Uh, for the Raptors, Len, he started a couple games. He had kind of been in and out of the rotation behind Baines. And just, I think the Raptors realized, yeah, this isn't it. Chris Boucher is playing really, really well in the Ibaka role for them. So I think they're now saying Baines is our Gasol, Boucher is our Ibaka. We're moving forward. We don't need Alex Len. Um, so they waived him. Uh, he cleared waivers. He's going to sign with the Wizards where he's got a chance to have a pretty big role, I would assume, you know, playing behind Robin Lopez, I, I will assume. We'll step into the starting five there. Uh, co- well, with, couple with Thomas Bryant now, that's, and that's the other thing to exactly. mention there. Thomas Bryant being yep. lost with that. I believe it was ACL yeah. Um, yeah, injury. Yeah, so that's, ACL. Yep. That's, that, that's why this makes such so much sense as a landing spot for Alex Len because now there's potential yep. at least for, for opportunity there for, for minutes, whereas a lot of teams in the NBA right now, they don't have center minutes to provide. Exactly. I give you a cool uh, Alex Len stat. Yeah, let's hear it. Uh, Alex Len is the active player who has played in the most games without making the playoffs in uh, in in the NBA. He has played in wow. 474 career games without uh, ever appearing in a playoff game. So that that's active. The record. 929 games uh tom van arsdale in the 60s and 70s 12 seasons played in 929 games and never made the playoffs that is not a record that you want that's that's no that's not that's not one that you're you know you're not hanging that trophy or setting that trophy up on your mantle or anything (laughs) like that that's that is not a a good record having i don't think given this current state of the wizards that that streak is going to be uh coming to the end of the season 
Yeah, he's going to have to really ball out, I think, for that to happen. Um, we're going to talk more Wizards here in a minute because we're yep. going to get into some Bradley Beal stuff. But a couple other smaller transactions. Philadelphia opened up a two-way spot. They waved Dakota Mathias. My guess is what happened with Philly in those that week where they were down a bunch of guys, he played a lot. And I think they saw enough of, yeah, this guy's probably not you know, really an NBA guy. Uh, so they moved on from him. They opened up a two-way spot. I assume they'll fill that at some point. They're back to healthy now, so there's no real uh, uh, you know, need to do that right away. And then the Brooklyn Nets, who opened up three roster spots when they did the Harden trade, um, they are going to add Norval Pell, who was with Philly last year on a two-way then converted to a standard deal, and he was waived this year as uh, Daryl Morey remade a lot of that that uh, bench in Philadelphia. And he, well, I guess the starters too, a couple of the starting spots as well. So Pell is is headed off to uh, to Brooklyn, um, where where he'll see some time. They need a backup bigs, and he's active. He's bouncy. He blocks some shots. He rebounds, and that's what they need is just somebody who can you know do do those kind of things. So I don't think the Nets are done though. My my guess is they're they're gonna they'll they'll add another big somewhere a defensive-minded big man in that may be another guard um at some point or a wing so uh with those roster spots but that's it though those were the transactions this week you're going to start to see teams do a little bit of that roster shuffling now um you'll you'll see it happen maybe a little earlier than usual like with the lens situation mm-hmm. because getting somebody else in to is a little bit longer of a process now than it usually is so so we'll see that uh then the last thing before we get into our big topic that i want to discuss is just you know covid teams that that are down uh right now the wizards are working their way back so we'll see them back but the grizzlies are shut down right now that they've got a lot going on Grizzlies sounds like it's a lot of contact tracing though versus positive tests so hopefully that's a you'll get time but the nba you can see with them having tightened up the protocols they went ahead and wiped out their basically their weekend uh, of games and said no we're, we're not moving forward you know no no games from Memphis right now um you know we'll we'll get back to to playing when we get back uh there so you know um you know so so we'll see a couple others uh you know Minnesota's got a few guys out with, with covid as well um so that's just going to keep happening throughout the course of the year Boston's getting their guys back Dallas uh should be on the recovery to getting their guys back Philly like I said has been getting their guys back they're going to get Seth Curry back uh tonight's game on Friday so yeah so we're you know that's what it's going to be you know hopefully guys are out for you know week to two weeks or whatever need be and then they get back yeah, and the NBA, you know, we we knew this was coming. We knew that this was yep. going to happen coming off the holidays. And I think the good news was that this week, cases were down compared to last week. And so that's, yep. a, that's a positive trend. It's a matter of kind of weathering the storm here, getting through this, and then you can move forward. I, I've had people asking, you know, well, is the NBA going to shut down the season? No. Um, the the nope. NBA, from everything we've heard, has been of the mindset that players are safer in the NBA system than if they were to say pause for like two weeks or, or whatever. And then those players are at home, maybe visiting friends, maybe visiting family. You run into all kinds of other complications. So I don't think the NBA putting a pause on the season or suspending the season. I don't think that's on the table or anything right now. They're going to get through this and then continue to, uh, to push forward. So that's where we're at. And hopefully those numbers will continue to come down. Yeah, absolutely. A couple other quick injury things. Um, Indiana Miles Turner broke his hand. Yeah. Um, sounds like they're hopeful he'll be able to play through it. He was doing some encore work before their last game, so hopefully he'll get back. Karis LeVert, we didn't know this when we talked about the trade, right. um, but they found a mass on one of his kidneys. Hopefully it turns out to be okay, as Karis LeVert, I think, has the absolute right attitude is. There's a potential that this trade saved my life. Mm-hmm. You know, And that's part of why that trade was amended. If you remember me, last time I kept harping on this is actually two separate trades and right. you all know, this and that well it didn't end up being it they ended up amending it turning it into one three uh four team trade um as as teams uh sent a couple extra things indiana's way to make up for lavert with this uh mass that they found but he's gonna have surgery soon and then they're hopeful he'll be back uh they haven't said if this year or not so we'll see but the pacers did get jeremy lamb back well which is good um after the torn acl about a year ago um, so he's back on the court. Looked good in his first game back. He looked, you know, quick and explosive. Boston got Kemba Walker back this week. Uh, his first games of the year, he looks good. He looks uh, much more like the guy from a year ago before the knee injury than the guy that played in the bubble, who was a little bit uh, hampered. Um, you know, just uh, pop, popping around uh, Atlanta, still going through it. Uh, Chris Dunn, I'll, you know, 
foreseeable future. Bogdan Bogdanovich is out. Danilo Gallinari, yeah. we'll see. Um, Orlando is starting to get a little healthy. Evan Fortier came back the other day. Alfred Camino is going to be back um, c- coming soon. He started practicing soon. Uh, Michael Carter-Williams is probably the next guy to come back. They need him because they need a backup for Cole Anthony. So that's, that, that's going to be good. Um, c- a couple guys out for the Suns, Dario Saric and Damian Jones. So they're they're going to have to you know, work, work through that. Michael Porter Jr. should be back uh, potentially as soon as tonight for the Nuggets after he had a long absence for COVID. Um, you know, I'll keep any other thoughts about Michael Porter Jr. and COVID to myself, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, it's uh, yeah. So, and then, uh, the last one is Jaron Jackson Jr. from Memphis. Um, he, he is saying soon, and Justice Winslow keeps hinting that he, he might not be far away, and that'd be great because they have it. They've we've never seen Winslow in yeah. a Grizzlies uniform. Yeah, it'd be great to see the Grizzlies get back to full strength. They, they just got yeah. hammered by injuries early this season, so it'd be nice to see them back, especially after they had such a positive last season. Obviously, didn't finish the way they, they wanted it to, um, not making it through the, the play-in round uh, in the bubble. But uh, but this is a good team, and uh, and they can yep. be exciting, full of some young players that I'd like to see out there, and, and healthy Jaron Jackson Jr. is incredible. Of course, John Morant now back out there. So, yeah, good yep. to see the Grizzlies. In this little pause. Back came at a tough time for them because they've won five straight games. Mm-hmm. They're playing really, really well. And looking, you know, like, all right, maybe they are going to be back in the mix for a playoff spot. So, yeah, this this stuff. Oh, and then Portland. I, I completely skipped Portland. So oh, they're just ravaged with yeah. injuries. Yeah, C.J. McCollum, Zach Collins, Yusuf Nurkic. So two starters and then Collins, who was, you know, should have been a key, you know, big man off the bench. Collins hasn't played all year. McCollum and Nurkic are, are going to be out for, you know, at least probably four to six weeks um, for those two guys. So it's kind of right back to where it was for Portland. Um, you know, a lot of run for Ennis Canner, but you know, uh, on the plus side, a lot of run for our guy, Harry Giles, you know, should, should start right. and see a lot of minutes. And my guess is before Nurkic is back, Giles is the starting center in Portland. Over yeah, cancer would would not surprise me. Would not surprise yeah. me at all. That guy, he still has tons of potential, tons of upside, and uh, so I'm excited to see what he can do there. But but disappointed for Portland that they've got so many pieces out again. It just feels like they just can't yeah. fully get Purst. healthy. But that may lead into some more deals coming around the there it is around the trade deadline. <laughs> that could that could have you like that segue. That, that, that was a professional. That was nice. That was a nice professional done, segue right there. Um, that, so let's that's, let's, that's why you quit the job and you're doing this now. That's right. It's that's right. Segways it's like that. that. <laughs> it's because of that. Exactly. So um, I, I believe unless I'm wrong, I think that's it for our transactions. I can't think of any others that we needed to cover. And if that's the case, let's move ahead into our trade discussion. So yeah. look, we already had the big James Harden trade going to the Brooklyn nets from the Houston Rockets, but you look around the NBA and there's the potential there. Well, Keith, you, you mentioned that it may not be a super active trade deadline. There is potential for other moves to be made. Um, do you want to just start with the, like, where do you want to start with this, Keith? Do you want to start with Washington and, and Bradley Beal, or should we kind of slow build up to that? <laughs> nah, let's go there, right? Because okay. that's, the, I mean, the, the people who weren't hardened guys, they were already Beal guys yeah. anyway. And I feel like we're in year, what, probably three of Bradley Beal needs to, needs to go somewhere talk so so yeah it's the you know i get it right he's really good and he's on a team that's not very good so that's your your two recipe or two ingredients for the recipe towards trading a guy the other part is he's under contract for a couple years so he's not going to just walk away so much like james harden i hesitate to even say beal's much of a downgrade from harden um i I think uh in a vacuum harden's a better player but i just think all the things that come with harden uh both on and off the court I think Beal probably offsets uh, more than he's that. He's easier think... to fit. Beal is an easier yes. player to fit into. Yeah. He can fit into any offense around the NBA. Easily. Harden is yep. very, very specific in terms of what you, what kind of yep. system that he plays in. And really it's a, it's the Harden system. It's give me the ball and yeah. I'm going to do my thing. Yeah. And we're going to see how, you know, I don't think that's what it'll be in Brooklyn No, no, uh, no to won't. some extent, but yeah, but in general, yes, you're absolutely spot on with that word. Beal is right. Beal came into the league as, uh, thought of as more like a J.J. Redick type of, you know, this guy's a designated shooter, you know, that's what he'll be, you know, and it'll be a very good one, but, you know, we don't know, you know what it'll be beyond that. And then it turned into um, Beal is, you know, he became a really good ball handler, or he's become a good passer, he can score at all three levels now. He is, he's leading the league in scoring at almost 35 points per game. 
uh, this year, which is, you know, crazy. And I, and I, yeah, to your point, he's a guy you can easily see on any team fit in absolutely perfectly. So I think he's your next big name that everybody's going to be talking about for what it's worth. He and the wizards both say, no, he, anytime he's asked, he says, Nope, I want to win here. I want to get it done here. This is where I want to be. I think he feels some loyalty because if you remember back early in his career, he went through a lot of injuries and that team stuck by him. They rewarded him with, with a contract and with a big extension on top of that one. Um, so that's why I think there's probably a little bit of that there. And of course they don't want to trade him. He's still, still, uh, young enough. And in, you know, in the, uh, early part of the prime years of his career where you get the right pieces around him, he can, you know, lead you forward. I just think everybody's looking at it as what's your top out with this team is, you know, second round of the playoffs. If everything goes right for you, right. You know, that, and that's probably even a stretch, probably more just get into the playoffs and maybe have a semi-competitive first-round series. So that that's leading to, I think you're going to see if he ever does hit the market, the, his, the packages that teams will offer up for him are going to rival what, you know, Harden, Drew Holiday, AD, what those those were in terms of picks and players and everything else, because he's that good. Yeah, he's he's tremendous. And I think you're right. I think right now we're seeing, it's almost a little bit of a Damian Lillard-esque situation where, he, yeah. He's saying he doesn't want to go. The franchise say, are saying, no, we're not getting rid of him. We we like this guy. And of course, it's it's really hard to get a player of that talent level. And so, yeah, for, you know, from the Wizards, of course, you want to just hang on to him and say, hey, maybe we'll be good in a year and then he'll still be here. And then we, and then we've really got something. Um, but at the same time, you're right. You know, it's it's hard to see them really moving past maybe even the first round of the playoffs, given the way they're presently constructed, unless something crazy happens and so i think that's the prevailing thought is that at some point at some point the wizards are going to be like you know what we're not a year away we're not two years away we're like four or five years away we still have to add more young pieces let's get what we can for beal and i want to ask you about this if and when beal is put on the market if it does happen is philadelphia at the front of the line in my mind i think they are but do you think it's philly or do you think it's somebody else that might be able to get in on that bidding in a box, I think it would be Philadelphia because I think it would start and end with Ben Simmons, I think is there. I think the challenge is Washington would have to have something else lined up because you can't have Simmons and Westbrook right. on the same team. You know, that's that's a disaster. That's never going to work. You're, you're too hampered there from a lack of shooting to have any kind of success with those two guys on the same roster that's anything but an all-star team. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think um, – I think they'd have to have something lined up or you work a three-team deal where else and then uh all this other maybe even it's not that simmons is old but even younger guys you know guys still on their rookie scale and stuff or what go to washington because washington it's not that they're in um you know salary cap hell like they were in before but they're tight to the margins you know it's tight because you got you know beal and, and you've got westbrook you know 41 million this year 44 next 47 year uh million dollar player option after that you've got davis bertans on that 16 million dollars for the next couple of seasons after this one so that's where it starts to get you know a little tricky i think for the wizards is if you're going to move beal i don't know that the what you want to do is take on simmons 30 million dollars a year you might want to spread that taking you know lesser guys and so that's where you could maybe get in a three-team trade but i think philadelphia you know we know they were at least involved on james harden so i assume they would at least be involved uh on bradley beal as well yeah i definitely think that they would be a very very interested team and in fact that that's kind of been out there in the nba yeah. twitter sphere or whatever that that Forever. one of the reasons why the sixers didn't give up everything that the Rockets wanted for James Harden was because they're kind of saying, well, maybe James Harden isn't the guy we want after all. Maybe we hang on and we see if Bradley Beal hits the market and that's the player we really want. Yeah, and it absolutely could be. Um, you know, one, one thing, let, let's touch on this before we get into any other names. Um, why I think it might be a little bit of a slow trade season. Uh, first was, um, and I recommend people go, if you can find it on ESPN, Brian Windhorst wrote an article about how many picks are owed. Right. Um, that that 
that does slow things down a little bit. You've got a handful of teams that, that are kind of hamstrung on being able to trade picks. Brooklyn, chief among them, New Orleans, or uh, not New Orleans, the Lakers from what they owe New Orleans. Um, you know, Then you've got those teams that are hard capped. So the Lakers, the Clippers, uh, the Bucks, they, they're going to struggle to do much, you know, adding of salary this year. The other thing is with the advent of the play-in, you only got to get to 10 yeah. now to feel like you've got a shot. And that means to be 10, you're probably in striking distance if you're 12 or 13. So unless, you know, there's a big separation between 10 and let's say 10 and 11, and then there's a big gap down to 12, 13, 14, 15, we may only have four or five teams out of it by the time we get to um, the trade deadline. And if that's the case, it's going to be hard for the buyers to buy because those teams are going to be looking at and saying, now nah, we, you know, we're a good week away from being, you know, nine or 10 in right in that mix for the plan. So I think that's going to be uh, something that's going to ch- change the dynamics a little bit. It's good from the sense of we shouldn't have uh, rampant tanking, um, you know, before the trade deadline right. even starts, um, you know, where teams are playing, you know, months of meaningless games, but it is going to be a little bit weird, you know, when we go. So I, I expect, you know, things will pick up really in about a month when we get to um, the end of February. Remember, the trade deadline's still two months away. It's March 25th. So it's still, you know, a long ways away. So it is, um, you know, it's it's a long time. So what we'll see ultimately is um, <laughs> my daughter's tiptoeing out of the room, which like she might be seen on camera. She's nowhere near. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah. Right. <laughs> um, she just finished school for the week. So. Um, but yeah. So. So because of, uh, you know, that I think think we're a month away from really seeing trade season happen. And then by then we'll know all right, whose seasons are they're lost because injury you're not getting it back you know portland loses another guy you're, you're done you, you, you know especially if that guy was ever damian lillard you're really done you know so yeah it's it's those kind of things i think where you're looking at and saying all right you know may, maybe a month from now things have clarified but i don't know man again because you only got to get to 10 i think it might be a little bit slower one team though now i'm doing the segue one team that i think is already out of it that that this guy's just now he's going to be the next superstar mentioned in trades. Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, yeah. You know, good player. Spicy. Under contract. Terrible team. Even though. You know, so right, even though dude, the Wolves just traded for his best buddy, yep. D'Angelo Russell, there you still see. Do you think he's you think they'll really put him on the market, especially if the franchise is up for sale? Right. Not now. this year. Yeah, it won't be this year, but within a year or so. OK, I, I think so. I think what you'll have there is I think uh, Gerson Rosas will eventually look at it and say, all right, after this season, I've got two more years left to Russell. I've got three more years left to Towns. Towns' value is never going to be higher because you would love to get him with three years left on under contract, especially considering there's no options on his on his deal either. So you, you'll have teams who would love to get him. Um I think, despite the fact that he has been a miserable defensive player in his career, I think the tools are there that you put him around the right players and in the right system. I think he can be actually pretty good. Uh, no, well, let, let me rephrase. I think he can be passably good is what I should have said. You know, I, I don't think he's going to be a turnstile. He's a great rebounder, um, you know, but I think you can, can build something with the right guys around him. And then offensively, go look at his numbers. He is almost a 50, 40, 90 it's guy incredible. at the center position. But nobody it's knows about it because no... he's in Minnesota. Exactly. And, and yeah, he's a constantly on terrible teams. Um, you know, the teams, you know, it doesn't really matter. So that's, that's why I think eventually you're going to hear that. Now, I'm also basing this on Beal, Towns. Mm-hmm. Those are the guys that fans are going to start clamoring. Yes. Like, yeah. you know, the, the, especially the teams we cover. Right, our our uh, team fans <laughs> love to make up fake what? trades. No, they're going to be you know yeah right never you know how do we get you know now Laker fans will go to how do we get both Towns and Beal uh, for yes. uh, you know for that, that for only Talon Horton Tucker you know right that can, <laughs> so that's, yeah, that's so, totally reasonable put, that can happen yeah sure he, yeah THC yeah, is amazing yeah. no he's he you, you abolish the salary cap and yeah. you know and then yeah then we're all good um but yeah so you know but in celtics fans will be doing the same they want bradley beal because he's a st louis guy he's jason tatum's buddy they they go way back so they're they're all over that and in towns before 
before he was off his rookie scale contract, there were Celtics fans that are like, it's Minnesota. He's never going to win there. Why are we not trading for this guy? So it's, you know, so it's going to start really soon with those two, just based off of how good they are and how bad is, uh, their is current teams Kevin are. McHale still running Minnesota? <laughs> no, I don't think okay. so. Okay. So I, I, I don't, don't know. Really I don't know if, if Minnesota that. will be sending him to, to Boston. I guess maybe the new ownership will step oh, in and help out. New ownership Aaron. could come in. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? That's well, Kevin Garnett, right? The, He's talked about wanting to buy the yeah. team. Maybe KG buys the team and then he, he helps the Celtics out with a, with a little Carl Anthony oh, Towns. How did we get here? Yes, that's that's definitely possible. <laughs> but um, you know, let's. You realize the other twenty eight fan bases are like you guys. Suck. <laughs> they, they are rolling their <laughs> eyes so hard right now at uh, no at us. But <laughs> let me ask you this though: Let's say Carl Anthony Towns gets onto the market, right? He hits the market. It becomes known around the NBA that the the Wolves are willing to listen to offers. How much pressure does Devin Booker put on the Suns? to try to get something done for his good buddy, yeah. Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, I yeah. mean, would uh, like, what if, you know, Aiton Towns, is there something to be built around there? I don't know, but you know that Devin Booker would be uh, definitely happy if the Suns were some, somehow able to land Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, it, it'd be uh, Devin Booker would be pushing, he'll pack DeAndre Aiton and drive him to yeah. the airport himself you know, as the headline piece in that trade. And that's something that you could honestly maybe start to get your head around, right? Because eight makes a big enough salary that you're only having to add in one or two more guys into a trade there to make it work. And maybe you could take back, you know, maybe they could take back a Malik Beasley or Wancho Hernan Gomez in that deal in addition to Towns and, and make it work there. And that's, um, yeah, because you know if it ever happens – Devin Booker because he's clearly not going anywhere from Phoenix right now they're finally good and it doesn't look good they'll probably stay good for at least a little while so I think you're going to see them really uh yeah if he gets on there that'll probably be he'll be right in uh James Jones office every single day saying hey what's going on with Cat can can, can we get that done can we make that move happen you know and then if you're Cat you know, you're moving from the maybe the coldest market in the entire NBA to you know to the warmest. So, and at that point, I expect to see you at plenty of suns games. <laughs> yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll definitely be out there in the in the stands in my my tank top, uh, watching the the Suns play. Carl uh, <laughs> Anthony Towns there, and then D'Angelo Russell would just be. I mean, I don't even know how he would feel yeah. if Carl Anthony Towns gets traded. Like, let's say this happens in the next. Let's say it happens within the next year. Okay, between this trade deadline and next trade trade deadline, they make that move. D'Lo is going to be looking around like, what what just happened? I, he just got here to play with his friend, <laughs> and then they traded him away. Um, yeah, but I think you're right, though. I think this is a guy. Let's who could get let's get let's get crazy, okay. right? And you know, I don't do this. Oh no, let's let, let, let's have a little you're bit of fun package here. them. Yeah, what if you send them both and they took back Chris Paul? As an expiring contract, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, and Jay Crowder and filler, and now now you've got the three buddies. The the three amigos are are all together in the desert, and you're exiling Chris Paul, NBA veteran, to the frozen wasteland. Yeah. <laughs> he he got you to the playoffs. Did what you wanted to get. He gets a buyout from Minnesota. Can go finish playing in with the Lakers. Finally, you know, can be for a title next to LeBron. Because basketball reasons, Just, yeah. yeah, you could put the you could yeah. put the banana boat crew together. Yeah, I guess that, I guess that yeah. could happen. Um, and yeah. if you're looking at, yeah, you finally sign Carmelo. Dwayne Wade comes out of a three year retirement and his, his suits back up, and off and, and then and then you've got them all. You, <laughs> Works you, out you, good for everybody except for the Lakers. Yeah. Well, you know, you collect them all, <laughs> yeah. and then you're then you're in good shape. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they've there been is. retired for a few seasons. Yeah. It'll all work out. Um, Devin Booker yeah. would just immediately pledge his lifetime devotion to the Suns, like he would never leave Done. if they if they if they yeah. pulled that off and they brought in d'angelo russell <laughs> yeah. and carl Anthony I, I mean it wouldn't happen you know i mean chris paul's already yeah. you know d'angelo russell chris paul will, will be what five six seven years deeper into his career before d'angelo russell will even be close to his good yeah you know i mean that's just the your reality piece there and and, and honestly i don't know that devin booker of course he would push for towns because that's his buddy but i i, I mean Finally, they put a team around him, right? So I don't think he's going to be clamoring for it. But I just see Towns as that that name. His name is going to be bandied about. Look, let me give you a couple more because I think these are more reasonable guys for maybe this year. Um, I think the Spurs are playing really, really well. I bet better than I think people Absolutely. think. And actually, 538 
has them projected to not only make the um make the plan, but I think they've got them as the uh sixth seed. Wow. Uh, I'm gonna look because I just pulled it this morning, so I should know off the top of my head here. Yeah, they have them as the fifth seed. Wow. Projecting them to be the fifth seed. So their playoff route is gonna be one year. <laughs> one year, one yeah. Year. Wow. Now they that, have been playing well. I'm yeah, they have been These playing well. I struggle with that with a DeMar DeRozan bit. at power forward, and it's it's working. <laughs> yeah, you know, do you know what I call that? I call them like a mid-major college team, yeah. one big with four yep. smalls running around. That's what it reminds me of: is a mid-major college team. These weird, funky lineups that really work. But let's say reality sets in on them, and they start to, uh, you know, drop out of the playoff race. You've got Lamarcus Aldridge, twenty-four million expiring. DeMar DeRozan, 27.7 million expiring. I could see the Spurs. They never do in-season deals. So that's the thing that probably keeps us most unlikely. But I could see them moving one of those two guys. Uh, maybe even both. Probably not together in a package because that's too much at 51 million. But, you know, um, LaMarcus Aldridge fits really well into that trade exception in Boston. As long as the Celtics could clear a little bit more money off. And, you know, if they want to throw a, you know, a Robert Williams back that way in a Romeo Langford or Aaron Neesmith or something like that. And Aldridge can come in if they feel like, you know, that's the big that can help put us over the top or those kind of things. I think there's DeRozan with his willingness. Now he plays like a playmaking four and he's suddenly shooting now. Threes. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not, not a ton, time, but, but more. Yeah. And so I think he's a guy that you could see a couple teams saying, or, you know, we could put the salaries together. We could go get him and, you know, make that happen. Once you're under $30 million, it's pretty easy to, to get to the salary match. Over $30 million, that's where it gets a little trickier. That's because you're starting to talk three three guys and plus. Um, you know, $30 million, it's generally most teams can get there with a couple players. So just that's a team, you know, I wrote for Yahoo when I wrote out who are the next stars. And I kind of put it in the fading stars. Uh, portion with these two guys and then two other guys who I definitely think are moved as soon as they they have an opportunity Al Horford and George Hill yes I mean we've been saying that since they acquired both of them that 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 was never meant for them to be there long term so so I think uh Shams is reporting little breaking news here uh Ray John Tucker is gonna join the uh 76ers on a two-way okay so he's gonna replace uh Dakota Mathias who who was waived so Ray John Tucker has been been in the league for a few years now uh, you know, was with the Jazz last year. So, you know, that's a nice athletic guard for, for them. You know, wing, another guy to take a shot on. So that might be a little bit of a revolving door for Philly, to be quite honest. Uh, they, they could move guys in and around that. But, yeah, so the, the, but Horford and Hill, to go back to that, I think, you know, as soon as they can find a deal for those two guys, Hill clearly much easier to move you know, makes less than $10 million and uh, next year is barely guaranteed. And then Horford is um, a little harder because he's got a big year, big, big uh, year next mm-hmm. year. But then the year after that's only about half guaranteed, but he looked pretty good this year at, at times when he's played, he's, he's out right now because he just had a birth of a child. Um, so he's been out for about a week or so, but yeah, I, th- those are two other guys that I think will eventually get moved. Yeah. I think those are, are definitely options to, to move. And the, the other name I want to throw in there is, uh, is Trevor Ariza. I think that's yeah. that's a guy who who would make a lot of sense. Now I don't know. Yeah, I don't know for sure what's going to happen. That we've heard a few things about. Well, maybe he's not going to be bought out. Instead, they're going to look to to try to trade him. But uh, but that's the other type of player where teams might be interested. It could be. Yeah. It's like it reminds me a little bit of the Andre Iguodala situation from last year, where you know that eventually yeah. there's going to be probably a move, either a buyout or a move. Most teams are probably going to want to buy out, but the team's going to hold on and see if they can can find a trade. Yeah, and if OKC can get any former draft pick for Ariza, doesn't even need to be a good one in a Better than nothing. even decent upside young player, like just somebody to kind of take a flyer on, they the hundred percent they they they'll do that today for Ariza, I assume. Um, you know, hasn't even reported to OKC. They're 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 very much doing the Iguodala in Memphis. Yep. That's a great call where it's, you know, hey, don't don't even bother. Um I'll give you two two more names. Um Victor Oladipo. Let's see what happens in Houston. Yes. You know, if they play well and get back into the mix, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it because we talked about it when we broke down the trade. Um, but he's another one. And then Andre Drummond, as a result of the trade, yeah. 
you could see the Cavs because now they've got Jared Allen. He's their center of the future. They're not going to have him and Drummond on that roster next year. So if they can get something for Drummond this year and Drummond's playing, honestly, he's playing the best. You know, I'm not an Andre Drummond guy and he's playing the best he's ever played. You know, he's actually playing pretty good defense. Offensively, he still does some mind-boggling stupid stuff. But, you know, he's rebounding like crazy. Um, you know, he is, you know, he's been a good fit with those young guards. But again, Allen's their guy of the future. So they can move on from Drummond. Uh, I think you're gonna see the Cavs uh do that, you know, or you know, when they have that opportunity. So that that'll be just, you know, two two other guys to kind of keep I I I forget what I termed it, but they're like the former all-stars right. that you gotta keep an eye on there. The you know, they're they're not quite the late career guys that the Aldridge, DeRozan, Horford Hill are, but they're not the Towns Beal either. And then the last guy I mentioned in the Yahoo article was Ben Simmons, because clearly they're open to it, yeah. right? They talked him in in the Houston deal. Um, I think that fit remains messy. Um, Doc Rivers is doing everything he can to make it work, but you know, I, I think I, I think if that team is out in the second round uh, again this year or earlier. I I think he's gone. You can't trade him. Bead. He's you know a monster. You got to keep him. So I think Simmons will be gone, and that's how they'll rebuild around you know Embiid and uh, you know better fitting role players. If you, you know, know, I think we look at the Sixers, and we've had so many so many people over the last, especially last season, we're saying, look, this just uh, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. This Simmons and Embiid thing, it does not work, and they need to make a move. But now you've got a new regime in there. You've got Daryl Morey. You've got Doc Rivers. There has to be some appeal to hey, let's see if we can do this better than what they yeah. what they did before let's see what we can make out of this maybe we can turn this around and and so far you know i mean right now i'm right now the sixers are, are sitting as the number one seed in the eastern conference you yeah. know if they continue to find success yeah. maybe they don't move on from him but again if, if a bradley beal pops up on the market i'd imagine they're probably going to listen um let me hit you with another name though team that i'm, I'm sure. surprised i'm surprised that they are playing at this level right now and actually they're their point differential suggests they are better than what their record would would say they are five and nine right now sitting near the bottom of the Eastern conference, the Toronto Raptors. But if they stay down there, does Kyle Lowry hit the market. Yeah. We're And I think maybe um, he's really important to that franchise. I was listening to, uh, to dunked on uh, last week and they, they did a little exercise where, what players on current rosters either already are or have a chance to be the best player in franchise history. And uh, Nate and Danny agreed that Lowry probably is the best Raptor in franchise history. And I thought about it while I was driving and I said, yeah, you know, I think they're probably right. I think, you know, um, he's been there for a long time now. Um, he was part of the title team. He's still there, you know, kind of outlived DeRozan. Bosch wasn't there as long as, you know, we even tend to think he sure. was. So, yeah, I think there definitely is something there. But, yeah, I think the one challenge with Lowry is $30.5 million. That's where it gets a little tricky is because it's such, you know, again, that $30 million mark, once you get over that, you're talking probably three guys going the other way in a trade. And that gets a little hard, especially where you're bringing in just the point guard for on an expiring deal. You know, how much is the team going to be willing? But if you're a team that is close and you lose your primary ball handler, I think team in Toronto is they haven't rebounded and gotten themselves back to where, where we're used to seeing them. I think though that's when you'll start to see maybe, all right, yo, can we push? Can we, you know, throw three, four bench guys at you for the salary match, but we'll give you, you know, a couple picks for, for Lowry and we'll, we'll make this happen to push. I think that's where you could see that come together. That's exactly it. That's what I'm looking at is some team loses a point guard and they're in the mix and they feel like they're right there. And then they wind up losing their point guard. And then you can turn and look at a guy like a Kyle Lowry. And obviously trading him would certainly be painful for the Raptors, but we've seen it happen. I mean, you're, you're Boston Celtics traded yep. Paul Pierce and Kevin yep. Garnett, right? I mean, those, those guys can get moved, yep. even if they do have a lot of, of sentimental value to the team, to the fan base. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're untouchable, but you look at the situation right now, the team has a, has a very poor record. They're sitting near the bottom of the conference and he's a veteran player. Uh, and so that means that there's the possibility that he could get, get moved. If there's a, an op opportunity to go out there and get value, especially if they don't feel like he's a guy that they're going to keep too much longer, there's got to be that kind of feeling of, well, you know, we'd better cash out right now. Not to mention 
uh, potentially just kind of doing right by a player and giving them the opportunity yeah. to go and win somewhere else. To but, win in the end. But I will say, I, I do yeah, think the Raptors cool. will figure it out. I, do, I don't think they're going to stay where they're at right now. I think they they still have no, something I, in them yeah. and they're going to move up. But just if they do stay there. Uh, one other name to hit you with here. Constantly, constantly hearing these you know, chirping about this player. And I think it's mostly fans that are wanting to trade for him. Uh, but there just there seems to be something there, and that's Zach Levine with the with the Chicago Bulls. Yeah. What what are your thoughts yeah. on him? Could you see him hitting the market? Yeah, what's interesting with the Bulls is I think the Bulls are and I had to kind of reset my own mindset on them. I had to like reframe them. Because remember how bad they were in the first week of the season? They were getting drilled by 30 and 40 points. Um, they've been pretty good since then. They're six and eight now, so that's got them you know, right there in the in the East. Um, they're starting to get guys back now and get healthy again, so that's important. So I think the Bulls are going to give this one more run with this kind of group of guys. That, you know, yeah, I think the quartet of Carter, Markin, and Levine in white. I'm now taking Otto Porter out of that mix, and then adding the rookie Patrick Williams in there. I think they want to see that five man group together more and get a sense but why people want Levine is one he's good he can score you know like nobody else in the league and he is you know what I say with Levine is if you're going Harden Beal Levine yeah right and I I don't think it's probably even I think it's more like Harden Beal Levine like I think it's super tight um together with those guys so I think the other thing is he only makes 19.5 million so that's an extremely easily movable number to to anybody can get to that with you know relative ease um to go get him so i think that is something that's uh really important and that's why i think you know as people start looking around and, and say but but i don't think chicago's gonna move i think you know he's got another year left too so i think you're gonna see them really let's try to you know get get everybody healthy see where we go this year and then let's run it back one more year with him because i think he's done a lot in the last let's say season and a half to rebuild his value he's no longer seen as this kind of good stats bad team he's a chucker all that stuff he's become a pretty efficient scorer he can do do a lot as a passer um under billy donovan's got him actually tussling on defense not necessarily playing great defense but you know he's he's hustling at least so so we'll see i'll give you one other team just worth the guys to look at the new york knicks yeah um they're they're talk about a team that's hustling they've been great defense i think it was um seth part now just tweeted though you know they've got the one of the best defenses in the league um you know whether it's by points per game or defensive rating um they're right up there i think they're third in one and first in the other um but what uh seth said is teams have shot so far below their norm on three-pointers against the knicks that is that is that sustainable sustainable Now, what I will say is Tibbs, back to when he was a Celtics assistant, that's when Boston started really becoming um, one of the best three-point defensive teams year he over was year. He the defensive year, guru. That, that, that was his, that was his calling card. Like yep. Everybody looked to him as, as, oh, my gosh, we've got to figure out this exactly. defense. Yeah, so he, he's definitely got some mm-hmm. stuff figured out there. And what I will say with him is um, if, if they continue playing like this, they're certainly not selling people off. They can't, right? That fan base would, would they'd go insane. You know, they they even though they're not in there, they'd find a way to tear down the garden, <laughs> right? You, you you can't do that. No, to the no next they're fans a playoff team right, right now, now and they, they haven't s- been a playoff team in exactly. however long. I mean, you don't. Yep. Yeah, you yeah. can't take that. Yeah, but if they slip out, a lot of guys. You know, Julius Randle, uh, Alec Burks, um, Nerlens Noel. You know, Frank Nilakina mm-hmm. on the younger side, Alfred Payton. Basically, anybody who's not R.J. Barrett, uh, Obi Toppin, or my guy Emmanuel Quickly. They could move on from any any one of uh, anybody on this Mitchell roster. Robinson? Mitchell Robinson. He's got to be in that too. group, right? Yeah. No, no. Yeah, he he's a keeper, too. I just forgot him. Um, but, yeah, they'll, they'll move on from anybody else on that roster um, outside of those four young guys. So, But, you know, but that's a circumstance thing, right, as long as they keep playing the way they're playing. And what's crazy is $17 million under the cap. They might go the other way. You want to say they could, they could be, be one of these teams that's adding guys. Right. Yeah. They, they, they could be a team that's, you know, Hey, let's, let, let's get out there and, you know, 17 million throw, you know, throw that together with, you know, uh, Alec Burks's salary or something. And all of a sudden you're right 
there to go get, you know, uh, you know, 20, you know, $30 million player with ease. So that is, uh, you know, that, that's, that's why, you know, I, I don't, you know, there's, cause there's a lot of people, I'm sure you still probably hear some of it cause he was a Laker that are like Julius Randall, you know, let's, let's go yeah. get Julius Randall and all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, I, I get it, but why would the Knicks do that right now? You know, you, you'd have to give up a lot to get Julius Randall today. Yeah, he's been great. You know, with five, the way they're playing. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah triple double machine. Myself and the the few remaining residents of Randall Island have been been definitely noticing <laughs> and uh, and celebrating, seeing how well he's been playing. He's been been great, which is fantastic to see. Um, so looking around, yeah. we've talked about a bunch of the players. We talked about a lot of the players that um, that could get moved. Is there a specific team that you feel like, and I know we're early here in terms of the standings, a lot of it's going to depend on where everybody's sitting, but is there a specific team where you say that team, that's the team to watch that's going to make a big move um, at the trade deadline? I'm going to give you two, um, one in each conference. In the West, I think Portland might do something um, with the injuries. They've got a lot of contracts that they could put together. I feel like that Rodney Hood deal was designed to pay Hood, but also turn him into basically a walking trade, uh, trade matching piece. Um, you know, and he hasn't, hasn't really, you know, he looks okay. Um, he looks better physically than he does, you know, anything else, which is, I guess, a good sign. But I think that's what they did with him as opposed to him just getting, you know, um, above the minimum or part of the exception. They gave him $10 million, which seemed like a crazy overpay, but I think that's what it was. And that deal's fully non-guaranteed for next year. So he's essentially expiring contract. So I think Rodney Hood, you put him together with, you know, like somebody like Cantor or something like that. Or if they're just like, you know what, Nurkic is never going to get back for us. They, they could, you know, put those two together and go get somebody, um, you know, Nurkic and Hood or whatever. And so I think Portland on the West Coast um, or the Western Conference in the East, and I'm not saying this because they're who I cover, I feel like Boston's finally going to do something. Um, they've got that massive trade exception. They may wait until next year. Um, I do one thing I'm holding to with Boston with the trade exception is whoever they acquire with that, whether it be one player or they split it up and get two or three guys with it because it's so large, they are those at least you know one player that comes in there is going to be under contract for multiple years because they don't have any other way to add right talent at that salary level. For multiple years, they they just they they can't. They're going to be over the cap for you know forever for at least you know the next few years, probably even longer. You know, with Tatum's extension, Brown's extension, Kemba Walker's deal, Smart's due for a new contract in a couple of years, and, and they've got all their own first round picks. They don't have any extra picks, but they could be one. You know, Danny Ainge has never really been afraid to make the big deal. You know, when, when he feels like you know the team's right there. Um, you know, and I know people are like, but he didn't trade for George or Butler, all those you know other stuff that was out there. No, you right he didn't but that was because he didn't want to give up on tatum or brown and clearly he was right to do so um in those so yeah i just feel like this this is this might be the year they finally do something because it's clear they're not going to they're not going to challenge they could get to the finals as currently constructed but they're not going to challenge the lakers or the clippers to win the finals unless they add somebody else especially somebody who can take a little bit of pressure off Brown, Tatum, and Walker. Well, and I think you're, and I don't think this is just, you know, your your Celtics bias or anything coming in, coming in here, Keith, because I look at that team. I look at Boston. You look at the current state of the Eastern Conference. They've got to be looking at it going, man, we are right here. One one yeah, piece, here. one yep. piece, and we are the team yep. in this conference, right? That's, that's yep. and that's got to be something that you do make a move for, where even if it's not exactly what you want, right? Maybe you're paying just a little bit more than you would ideally want, which we know Danny yep. Ainge doesn't like to do. But if that yep. means you get that piece that's going to put you over the top and you're now coming out of the Eastern Conference and you're going into the finals, and maybe from the Celtics' perspective, if you can meet the Lakers for that for championship number 18 in the finals, something like that, man, whew, that would be epic. Yeah, and that's, you know, if you're just a basketball fan, that's got to be what everybody yeah. would love to see, right? I mean, I mean, I know that's, again, that's super easy for you and I sure. to say, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it is, you know, I mean, that is, you know, that's, you know, I mean, I don't know. That it just, it feels like that's right. It feels like whenever it is that, that one of the two is there next, the other one should be there. Right. I, I want, I, w- I don't want to see them do this thing where they kind of, kind of constantly catching each right. other. 
over the next decade. I'd rather see it be, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sign me up for every, uh, I almost said June, but July this year, but every summer sign me up for the meeting in the finals. I'd be fine with that, but it is. Yeah. I, I, I would love to see them split the difference, but yeah, th- those are my, my t- teams who stands out for you. Yeah. You know, I, I agree. I think those are two of the squads that, um, that really could make a big move there. Um, I'm still keeping an eye on, and I know they're they're not doing well right now. But again, I think we're still a little bit early. But you got to look at the Denver Nuggets. I think they're a squad uh, who could yeah. potentially make a move. Who could see call. them, especially how well they did last year. If they start to get some momentum before we get to the trade deadline, let's say they move up and they get to I don't know the five six seed somewhere in there, which I think is is totally reasonable. Um, they get in there. I think they're going to have some incentive to, okay, hey, let's let's go for this and let's see what we can do. Let's see if instead of the conference being everybody says it's the Lakers and the Clippers, let's be right yep. there on an even playing field with them. And, of course, even though, you know, the Nuggets, uh, what was it that they did? They, um, oh, the Clippers blew a 3-1 series lead. Sorry, I just, I, I always <laughs> have to make sure that I that I throw that in there. Um, but, no, the the, the Nuggets, I think, could be a team to go ahead and make a move like that. Uh, there's a lot of good sized contracts to exactly. move in Denver too. Exactly. You, know, you get Gary Harris, you've got Will Barton, you've got uh, even Millsap and Green. You've got young players like Bull Bull and of course Michael Porter Jr. So yeah, I, I would think anything but Jokic and um, and Murray, you know, would presumably be on the table if it was a big enough uh, uh, upgrade for them. So yeah, I, I like that one. That's a good. Yeah, call. I think I think Denver and then uh, in the Eastern Conference. You know, I'm keeping. They've been really good, been better than I thought they were going to be. But I think you got to keep a keep an eye on the Indiana Pacers still, even though they already made a move. I think they they could yeah. have another move in them. They've got to be another squad in the East that's looking and saying we're not that far off, and and they're not. Yeah, I think a lot of that will depend on LeBron. Yes. Yeah, that's what that's yeah. the the big question mark that's going to be out there and hanging over them, and we'll see what happens with him, but. Um, but they're a team that uh, that could really be right there to, you know, could argue that they would be in the mix in the Eastern Conference if they could get one more piece. Yeah. Let me give you a couple that I don't want to see do okay. anything stupid. Cavs. Yes. Hawks. Knicks. Right. Like, I know it's important to get to the playoffs. I, I get that. Just don't do anything dumb. You know, don't, don't go taking on somebody who's a minor upgrade that has you know four years left on a bad contract just because you know you can like i just you know though that worries me whenever you've got teams that have been out for a little while that are they're they're kind of close i just don't you know i don't want to see them throw away you know pretty good futures because they they want to rush things to you know plow forward they don't 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 do that you know and in the west like if you're the kings like just I know it's hard, you know, and it feels like this is, I don't know, year 15, 14, I don't know, 13, whatever number it is of not making the yeah. playoffs. Like, well, you know, you just say don't don't rush it, you know, let it let it go if you have to. Yeah, and that's um that's where it gets tough for teams. You know, there's a lot of teams out there that, you know, they've missed the playoffs for a number of years and they want to get in there. They want to get in that mix. Mm-hmm. But it's something that just kind of has to happen. You can't it's hard to, to force that um you can get yourself into a lot of trouble I wonder, if that's your goal and you you this, overpay and you give up pieces that you shouldn't this just came to me i wonder if uh we get our act together vaccines start happening the way they're supposed mm-hmm. to and they are saying you know by early summer we're in a good good place to be back to normal life i know that was one of the timelines that was thrown out by the people we're listening to now that we probably should have been listening to all along um but does that change for teams of hey we can have fans now you know if you're the knicks or the Cavs or the hawks does it say hey we can get fans in this building we can get you know i mean madison square garden that place would be right even if it's the play oh yeah could you, you know, that place a playoff game there it. oh my goodness yeah it would be crazy crazy right that you know same thing in Cle- i mean cleveland had good crowds you know when uh when they were good you know when lebron was there so you know that's i think that's it you know with some of those teams too i think you'll see them you know go and i mean god can you imagine when we get back to some of these places fans after after a year without being able to go 
like they're going to be going bananas in these arenas. You know what I mean? It's going to be, you know, probably louder than it's ever been. Just, just the release of, you know, I'm out in the world and I, you know, I can, I can, I'm not yelling at my TV, <laughs> you know, I can you know, yell with other people and scream and, you know, be not like, yeah, it's, it's going to be really cool. So, you know, fingers crossed, I'm hoping that's where we get to, but yeah. So, but yeah, man, it's, it's, but right. I think there's part of the problem though. We listed, you know, I don't know, 15 of the teams right. in the league. And I think that's the issue is right. And, you know, and it'll clarify as we, you know, do this over the coming weeks, we'll start to, all right, that team's probably out of it now. They're probably not getting back in the running. Um, you know, and then that's where it starts to open up, you know, opportunities. Cause you know, Detroit would probably look to move on Blake Griffin if they could, or even Derek Rose, you know, as a guy, you know, those kind of guys, you know, that, that might even be, you know, as soon as a couple weeks from now when the trade market really opens up, but yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be one of those things where we, we, it, it may be all the way down to the deadline before we have a real good sense. It might be deadline week before we have a real good sense. And there's, and you know, somebody's going to surprise where it's like, wow, they're right. like a game out of 10 and they're just like, it might be Oklahoma city, right? They, they could still be in the mix and they, they may be like, yeah, but that's not our, our goal isn't to be in the plan. Right. You know, we don't care. We'll bottom out over the last month or two of the season uh-huh. ago. So yeah, I, I can't wait to see this year. Just so it's so fascinating the way this, this year is coming. Together. It's a year unlike ever one that we've ever had before. And so it's going to be, yeah. I think it is going to be a little bit of a weird trade deadline too, but um, like you said, we've got a little ways to go, but the thing to do for now is to keep an eye on those standings because that's going to be a major factor here in which teams make moves, which teams are buyers, which teams are sellers. That's going to be uh, what tells us how, how everything turns out. So we're going to keep an eye on all those squads over the next coming weeks. And uh, I, I hope you're wrong, Keith. I hope it's an active trade deadline and we have, and we have a ton <laughs> to talk about. I don't think we're going to get like the one year when Woj just tweeted, good Lord. Uh, at the trade deadline, yeah. I don't think we're getting that or anything, but I'd like to see some moves. Well, we're not going to get the one year where I think it was only like a um, Shelvin Mack trade oh, or gosh. whatever it was. And it was like, I took the day off work and sat around for this. <laughs> so, yeah, it'll it'll be somewhere in between. Yeah, and I always try to remind people, we just had a blockbuster trade. I know it didn't happen at the deadline, but it, it happened. Like, we can't can't get too greedy. But, yes, be greedy. I want <laughs> trades. I want craziness. I want madness. So it's okay to to be greedy. Just understand on the backside when we're like, all right, I, I kind of get it. That That's right. why. Yep. Yep, there it is. Cool. All right, everybody. Awesome. I think that's, uh, that wraps up everything for our, our discussion here of which teams could be making moves and which players could be on the move here as we get slowly closer to the trade deadline and, you know, kind of the league uh, goes through all the fallout of the James Harden deal and teams start to reevaluate where they're at. Uh, Keith, man, this was, this was great. And let's definitely do this again uh, next week. We'll have to, we'll have to make sure that we, uh, we continue this on. Perfect, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. So thank you. You guys stay safe out there. Everybody, you know, stay, stay safe when it's your time to go get the vaccine. Please go get it. You know, um, that, that is important. But that's the, the most PSA I'll do on that. But yeah, stay stay safe. Be, be out there and enjoy the basketball. This yes, week. absolutely. Everybody, please do stay safe. Make sure you are following Keith on Twitter at KeithSmithNBA. You can follow me at Trevor underscore Lane. And don't forget to subscribe right here the Lakers Nation YouTube channel, or if you're listening to the podcast version of this, make sure you do rate, review, and subscribe over on Apple Podcasts. We do appreciate those five-star reviews. Till next time, everybody. See ya, and stay safe.